Welcome to My Movie Story. I'm your host, Brian McAleer. This is the podcast where we dive into the movies that have shaped us. Each episode, we sit down with a special guest to discuss their all-time favourite film, the movie that changed their life, and the one film they think everyone needs to see. Get ready as we journey through the cinematic worlds that make us who we are. This is My Movie Story. My guest today is Rebecca Thomas. For more than 20 years, Rebecca has been helping people break through obstacles that seem to be holding them back in life. With her high energy, contagious confidence, and natural ability to lead, she's been teaching women how to show up for themselves in big, unapologetic ways. Her clients reclaim their power, live intentionally, and do so their way, making their own rules as they go. Welcome to my movie story. How are you today? I'm great, and thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk about all the things. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so am I. And I think your three films in particular, um, you know, a couple of them are big from big franchises, really well known, mm-hmm. and a little sort of a small independent film starring some familiar faces from bigger movies as well. So, and each very, you know, very different categories. And we were chatting just before this episode about, you know, what these films mean to you and and uh, we, that's what we're really going to dive deep into today mm-hmm. um but before we kick it off Rebecca um tell us a little bit more about yourself you know about, about your coaching and you know the yeah. kind of things you, you help people with you know what what's sort of your your thing all about yeah so I'm if you look me up or if you hear me in another interview where I'm talking from a coaching perspective I would say I'm Rebecca Thomas more than a life coach um I say that because I feel like a lot of times we can get hung up on needing, like, should I need somebody to help me quote unquote, fix my life. And when we use the things that I I teach and show you in my coaching, it doesn't just apply to your personal life. It applies to all areas of your life. So that's why I call it more than a life coach. So I am the oldest of seven. I have five younger sisters hence a lot of feminine energy. So when we coach and, um, I would have to say just from my own experience and then having all these sisters, um, being around a lot of women in my life, that's one of the reasons I specialize in working with women. Uh, but I also, when I come to the coaching table, you get the coach and you get the best friend and you get the big sister. So that's a a very interesting dynamic of, um, angles that come at you sometimes, but very much needed. Definitely. Yeah. And then as far as who I work with, um, I work with 30 to 50 something women who have scaled professionally, climbed the corporate ladder, might even be pivoting in their lives. And they're getting on the other side of all of the time and energy they've invested in that part of themselves and taking an audit of their life and realizing that one thing is missing and that one thing is them. Mm. And so I help them get out of their heads, get out of their houses, get out of their businesses and yeah. get back into their lives. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank and you. uh yeah, I think um, so needed really to help uh, to help women realize that they play so many important roles, um, and sometimes mm-hmm. the role they forget to play is is themselves, um, because yeah. they're being a mom and a wife and a and a worker and possibly a business owner and you know all these other things yeah. that they do. So I think it's great that you help them, you know, reclaim that. And uh, mm-hmm. having having so many younger sisters, what was that like growing up? <laughs> um, it was interesting. I can say mm-hmm. from experience, I am, I am very glad that I have a boy. <laughs> yep. Um, but I also, I come from a split family. So a couple of those sisters I didn't actually grow up with, but I'm very close with them now. Yep. But it was 
I was also a lot older than mm-hmm. my sisters and mm-hmm. I mean, still am, but when I was younger, that put me in more of a motherly disciplinarian role. So right. yep. that looked like me not having as much fun and shouldering more responsibility, but also created a really unique respect and dynamic between me and my sisters. Fantastic. So, yeah. And yeah. it just goes to show that even at the time when we're young and we've got all these siblings and we're like, fighting and we can't stand each other like uh-huh. later on in life we realize how much they shape us and who we become yeah. and all of that and I guess another thing we've got in common is I'm an only boy and I've got four sisters you know three older okay. three older and one younger uh and I, I guess I had to entertain myself a, a lot as a kid while my sisters were just off doing their thing mm-hmm. which is probably where my you know my love of the movie started it was like that was my escape yeah. from all the the crazy oh, okay. in the house and everything so <laughs> very so, and, cool um, and I've only had daughters myself as well so like I, mm. I can't seem to uh to escape that you know there's always always, always been females around me <laughs> it was meant to be it's meant to be absolutely yeah it's meant to be but um well you know welcome to the show and uh you know great to yeah. hear about your coaching business and we'll, we'll share the uh, link yeah. uh, underneath the show here for anyone who wants to check out a bit more about Rebecca and what she does um uh, so let's let's dive into your movies. And um, like I was saying before, we've got three categories. And for you, we'll start with um, your all-time favorite film. Uh, and <laughs> it's a hard choice because there's so many contenders out there. Um, we do have yeah. to settle on one, though. Uh, and, you know, when you tell me what film is your favorite, I'm like, okay, it comes from this, this big franchise, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's also the favorite for a lot of people. Um, and, yeah, really keen to talk about you know your thoughts on how this film yeah. sort of, you know what it did for the franchise but also why it's your favorite film on its own as well so um so yeah tell us what that film is Rebecca and we'll, we'll dive right into it yeah um Fast and the Furious 5 hands cool. down cool is all of this really necessary to apprehend to me one's a former federal officer who spent five years in deep cover the other one's a professional criminal. Escape prison twice. We find them, we take them as a team, and we bring them back. And above all else, we don't ever, ever let them get in the cars. <laughs> Fast Furious 5. All right, fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where do we start? Where do we start? Okay, cool. Um, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Um Mm-hmm. We had you seen all the previous films before part five? Like, oh, yeah, seen them all in order, several yeah. times. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so where were you in your life when the first Fast and Furious film came out? And and what was oh, your man. impression of that? Talk about blast in the past. Um, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what chapter of my life I was in when it came out, just because like I've watched all of them so many different times across the course of my life. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say it was probably like when I was bartending at the time I was dating a gearhead, I feel like, because I know <laughs> that Gone in 60 Seconds was another thing and Gran Turismo was a video game I was playing. So right. if I had to guess it probably came out somewhere around that time. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's like the first thing that came to mind. It was mm. just that was a yeah. lot of what was around me at that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, actually. I was 19 when it came out and I I'd only mm-hmm. got my license earlier that year. And, uh, you know, obviously the film had a big influence on on street racing and, and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But I'll be honest, after I saw the film, I got in my car and I might have sped off 
a little bit. Um, just <laughs> and I thought, well, right. hang on, hang on, hang on. It's you're not in the movie theater anymore, Brian. But um, yeah, and you know, it was it was this little street racing film, Fast and Furious, all the way back mm-hmm. in two thousand one, and now it's become this like cultural phenomenon, and we're you know, oh like yeah, ten movies in, and apparently there's more to come, and all of that. So. Mm-hmm. Granted, most people watching this have probably seen the Fast and Furious films. We don't need to do like the history and all of that stuff. Right. So let's let's go right into part five. Um, yeah. Why is part five your favorite? Um, part five is my favorite because, like Dan and Letty, I have been mm. invested in them from day one, and just how he plays this role of like the leader but kind of the father figure of like all the misfit toys and gives them a place and even though there's so many reasons that they wouldn't be connected in general like something just brings them together as a family and Mm. they choose to continue being that family and then obviously like Letty was out of the picture for a hot minute in the franchise so when she comes back just his like unwavering knowing and yearning to reconnect with her and not have written her off and like at any cost Mm -hmm. that's that's what's it for me like my it's yeah that's that's it that's what it is for me wow cool and it is one of i guess the most like enduring film relationships we've seen the the Mm dominant story and and as you see in other other films like when she goes bad or he goes bad or they're separated or they come back together again, you know, and there's yep. all these different situations, but they're always so loyal to each other, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really refreshing to see and really good chemistry. Would, would you agree? Like mm-hmm. those two actors have a pretty good chemistry. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. I just love, like, I, I love them in the movie together, but Michelle Rodriguez's energy, cause she's also, you know this, but she's a key player in one of the other movies that I mentioned too. Yes. Um, yes. But her yeah. energy, is just so cool so just seeing that in the franchise too and in their dynamic just makes it even better for me yeah she's awesome she's just you wouldn't mess with her would you she's just like no just kick ass <laughs> she really is you're right she's got that sort of tender side to her as well but you know she's like, oh this yeah is, this is a girl you don't mess with and you know <laughs> yeah and one of her yeah. earlier films was a film called girl fight did you ever see girl oh yeah fight? yeah which is how oh, she yeah. really broke onto the scene and probably got it mm-hmm. cast as this character. Mm-hmm. And who would have, you know, I'm sure none of them would have thought after making the first film that, you know, 20 mm-hmm. years later, they're still playing these characters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because at um, this point it's pretty ridiculous that they're still doing it, but they sure yes. are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm keen to sort of hear your thoughts on, on, you know, I guess the focus of Fast and Furious 5 or Fast 5 or mm-hmm. Furious 5. It's got about 10 different names. Um, but essentially, exactly. it really took the franchise at a point where it was like, okay, we've had the first two street racing films with the mm-hmm. and Dom characters separately and together. Then the third mm-hmm. one, Tokyo Drift, told, went off in a different direction. Had some yep. mixed kind of responses, but mm-hmm. in hindsight, you can sort of see how it fits into the rest of the saga now. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth one, they brought back the original cast. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, cool, it's back. And it's like, all right, a fifth one. Are we going to see more street rate? Like, what's going to happen? And then right. the, the writers and directors made this really, I think, smart decision to make it a heist film and mm-hmm. bring in, obviously, The Rock, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, who right. completely elevated it. So, yeah, so do you, what are your thoughts on, I guess, the, the, the focus of the film and, and what did it do for the other movies in the series? Right. 
I mean, I think it like them bringing on the rocks seemed very strategic and they've Mm -hmm. obviously done that since then as well with other characters too and how they continue to build out their cast and even at this point bring back some of the cast that has can't say no right being brought back but like it just (laughs) wait what just happened yeah um so I think it was super smart and like to give it even more credibility because it was still kind of young at that point Mm -hmm. and to just keep growing but I also feel like it gave this like michael bay-esque energy to it where it's like blow it up shoot it up as ridiculous and ludicrous as possible Mm -hmm. which that's definitely where it's gone i mean when you've got a car in space that's basically duct taped together with a rocket engine on the hood (laughs) it doesn't make a lot of sense but i can't i can't help but not love it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, part nine Mm. yeah but um yeah, look, it, it it certainly has really gotten out of hand. Um, they're still mm-hmm. fun. They're still fun movies, you know. And mm-hmm. oh, a lot absolutely. of people might say, you know, after the seventh one is where they should have ended it. Um, right. What were your thoughts on on the seventh one and how it ended? Did you feel like that was, that was the proper conclusion? The the, mm. the way that they had to improvise, um, mm. but then also just. Like family is important, but when you start bringing kids into the picture, which is hilarious because they were all basically kids when it started, like, yeah. according to the storyline, they yeah, were basically absolutely. kids, like they were really young. So to see this next generation come in mm-hmm. and them wanting to like honor the safety and realize that things needed to be different, I think they did what they needed to with it. Yeah, that's it. And look, at the end of the day, um, when the movies are making like a billion dollars why why would you stop right people are still <laughs> watching them regardless of whether you love or hate them they're yeah. still watching them. it's a license to print money absolutely yeah um yeah. and look we could probably do a whole podcast about the whole fast and furious saga uh, mm-hmm. which might come up at some point but yeah let's let's talk a little bit more about part five so obviously the big attraction yeah. to it was the dom and letty relationship mm-hmm. um and she's pr- absent i think for all of part five because she died so to speak in part four mm-hmm. but in this series no one really dies they all die and come back to life and, <laughs> you know and as the end of the 10th one so i won't spoil yes. it show that walk someone of else shame kind died, of <laughs> has come back as well it's like jesus just let these people die you know yeah. they're not superheroes but anyway um i mean they are but <laughs> apparently they are you know i'm sure don't i yeah. think I think it's at the point now where Dom will transform into a car. I think it's, you know, gotten to that point, right? <laughs> Transformers. Asked. Yeah. There could be a crossover between Transformers and Back right. to the Future. Who knows? Um, but they could go in any direction. Uh, yeah. But, but, but mm-hmm. part five, like it started to really build on that family thing, which we've seen all mm-hmm. in later films, you know, um, and the, you know, the relationships and everything, but um, I guess as a standalone film, um, a lot of people say it's, you know, one of the best action films ever made, one of mm. the best films in the series. And what is it, what else about the film draws you to it? Like, what else do you like about it or remember about it? Yeah, I mean, the movies in general, but especially in five, I just love the dynamic of the team, mm. like the core team. So just yep. being able to understand like the underlying humor or humor and the underlying, you know, stories in it and the language and who who's always the butt of what joke and who's gonna like I just love that dynamic yeah so do you have a favorite scene from Fast and Furious 5 that comes to mind I mean I feel (laughs) like it's probably the whole the whole movie in general just the feeling of it letting it coming back the possibilities of things like it's Mm -hmm. it's all of it yeah 
definitely. And they have that little scene at the end credits of part five where Hobbs and his agent are, you know, they're trying to track down Dom and the gang mm-hmm. and all of that. And they find this picture of Letty. And I think she mm-hmm. says something like, do you believe in ghosts? And, and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. hang on. She's, she's still yeah. alive, you know. And then, yeah. yeah, each film then started having these little scenes in the credits. It's like, what's yep. coming next? What's coming next? You know, and they, they yep. did that at the end of part six as well with by introducing, you know, Jason Statham um, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. part seven and then, you know, just exploded from there. But, yeah, um, yeah. look, personally, I think for me, past, part five is the best sequel in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole heist film, like you said, the dynamic in, in the team, the the Rio setting, you know, it was it was mm-hmm. not long before the Olympics, so everyone was kind of watching, watching Brazil and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ridiculous to see two cars dragging a safe around a city and smashing cars left, right, and center. But it and was how just... you find out later, like what really happened there? Yeah, that's right. It was all this grand <laughs> yeah. heist and a yeah, decoy. And seeing the rock and it was fun, and him and Vin Diesel go yeah. you know, head to head and all of that. Well- and yeah. also the the female lead in that one, like I loved the way that they brought her in, but also how that ended up evolving in the series as well. Like, yes, you know, we were talking earlier about how Letty, Michelle Rodriguez, how, you know, her and Dom, like they're always going to get back together, but it's not, there's been periods where, you know, Dom's been good or bad and Letty's been good or bad, but then in between there were these others relationships, but it doesn't cause this like disconnection it's like just like their commitment and love for each other is it's so intense that they're gonna make it work despite everything but also completely understand like stuff happens big stuff happens so I loved how they brought her in and it was so funny too because circling into like Gal Gadot being a part of the series and how she ended up being Wonder Woman. I remember having conversations at one point before they had announced who was going to be Wonder Woman. And the woman who played the lead in Fast and the Furious 5 was one of the ones that I was like, she could totally be it. And then it ended up being Gal Gadot. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably quite a few actresses up for that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was the one who got it in the end. Yeah. And and I do like how they portray the female characters in these films are portrayed as very strong individuals. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have, um, which is good because we see in a lot of Hollywood films that there aren't really strong parts, enough strong parts, mm-hmm. for women. but in this franchise, they're definitely strong characters and they, you know, they can kick mm-hmm. the guy's butts all around the room and, you know, play, play, <laughs> right. play a crucial and part. And them and out yeah. IT them. And <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. fantastic. Well, such a, such a cool movie. And I'm so glad you brought up Fast Furious 5. It's definitely right up there as, as the best in the series, I think. It will be interesting to see where they go over the next two. You know, I think it's... Um, oh, man. Really yeah, and I'm going to have to watch, but at this point it's kind of like watching a bad car accident. <laughs> but I'm so invested in the characters. That's it. We, we need that closure, don't we? We need to just... Yeah. Like, All right, get, just get us to the end of the road and then we'll say yeah. goodbye and then we can just go back and watch the ones that we like. We don't have to go and yeah. watch the, the ones watch set in space them. or underwater and... <laughs> they haven't had cars yeah. underwater yet so i think maybe we might see that in the next one oh, you know mm, man we'll now that you said that yes <laughs> <laughs> the producers it's like what vin else Diesel's ridiculous listening. thing can we do <laughs> yeah so if, you, if you're listening vin diesel you can take that idea just <laughs> right just give us some credit yeah yeah <laughs> all oh, right man. cool well, we might we might move on to your next film rebecca if that's okay um because yeah. this is a big one it's um biggest film of all time 
by a director who's made the biggest films of all time and uh, really was, you know, a huge game changer um, in terms yeah. of technology. But you want to talk a little bit more about, I guess, the the sort of spiritual aspects of the film, which is really cool. So um, mm-hmm. the film that needs it, no introduction, but introduce it for us anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that movie is, for me, Avatar. Fantastic. Jake, it's crazy here. Quaritch is rolling and there's no stopping him. We're going up against gunships with bows and arrows. Well, I guess we better stop him. They've sent us a message that they can take whatever they want. But we will send them a message. That this, this is our land. Yeah, well, everyone knows Avatar. I think everyone in the world has mm-hmm. seen Avatar. Um, bef- you know, took Titanic's place away as being the highest grossing film of all time from the mm-hmm. same director. Uh, funny little story I want to share before you tell your side of it. Um, yeah. When Avengers Endgame came out, which is brilliant, um, that then outgrossed Avatar. And James Cameron was like, oh, congratulations. And then two days later, he re-released Avatar in China uh-huh. just to boost up the ticket sales and reclaim <laughs> hit the uh-huh. number one spot of being the highest <clears throat> right. film of all time. And then Avatar 2 um, grossed, you know, mm-hmm. $2 billion as well. <clears throat> Couldn't quite take over avengers endgame but at least he reclaimed it you know so he didn't he always he often says i don't do this for the money but i think he likes you know being at the top of it (laughs) but the money doesn't hurt right (laughs) no of course not you know billion bucks in your pocket not too bad um so yeah big big box office owner obviously yeah Um, but yeah like you want to talk a little bit about i guess the world of pandora and how this changed you Mm -hmm. know your um i guess perspective on the world and reality and stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah tell us a bit more about that yeah, so first of all, I couldn't tell you how many tears that I've probably shed over that movie and continue to shed over that movie just mm. because I it, like it impacts me so much when I watch it. Um, I remember the first time when I was watching it, it was I mean, like we like you said and mentioned that the the technology was just so cutting edge at the time, oh, so it just amazing. seemed so alive and so surreal and you know so like beyond three D when you were watching it. And so that that time when Sam Worthington, yep. so the main male road when he or, or male role when he got dropped into the jungle, ended up on his own in the middle of the night doing all the dumbest things you can do, right? Like just yeah. trying to fight his way through living through the knife night, and they had yep. no faith in the fact that he would make it through. And then meeting, you know, the other female role, the main female role, who would the become theory. his wife. Yeah. Yeah. And how she, you know, just had no intention of doing anything for him. He Mm. deserves to die because he doesn't belong here. Plus he's one of them. He's not one of us. And so Awa coming in and first of all, giving her the sign, but then also, you know, at the point where they ended up killing an animal. And I remember her saying to him, like, we don't thank for this because he was telling her, thank you for saving my life. And she was like, we don't thank for this. And I think that was what really started to like hit me was that's how it should be you know we shouldn't just be uselessly and wastefully using 
the resources that are there for us because yep. we are all one. Yes. And if we understood and respected and honored that, we'd love we'd live in a much more beautiful place. Um, but I think another thing that he says in the movie that I really love too, once she takes him back to the village and you know, she's talking to her parents who happen to be like the elders of the village and yeah. the leaders of the village, yep. and eventually get to the point where they decide that he can stay there, but she's going to be the one that has to watch over him, which she hated, but also accepted yeah. because Awa. Um right. yep. But I remember at one point further in where, what was it? It was like, you can't, you can't fill a full cup. Like that was yes, something they kept talking about too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so they, you know, like through, through the movie, it was so funny because you could see and continue to see like how they'd always try to put these avatars into the space, mm -hmm. but they were the people that were soaking up all the information in their own way. So they came with their own biases with, uh, in this like, very structured informed way of interacting versus yep. really learning from and leaning into the culture yes and so because yeah. he was just this idiot that dropped out of the sky yep. <laughs> and he didn't have a full cup you know he was able to learn their ways and, and then come to appreciate the people and just how that developed into the the natural connections with their planet and between each other and what that looked like i just was yep. so in love with all of that and yeah. feel that like for us yes yeah absolutely the film works on so many levels you know and, and i remember back when it was before it was released you know there was a lot of talk online about it for a long time you know james cameron's mm -hmm. the next big movie and mm -hmm. it took 12 years to get it out and he's and they, they said he's going to bring back 3d and everyone's like oh, 3d so what you know um but obviously right. that immersive 3d and it was unlike anything any, any of us had seen before and it was like cool yeah. so we're looking at something like a star wars action adventure thing on this planet it's 3d you're going to feel like you're in the world and that's kind of what <clears throat> drew people there but i think what mm -hmm. people didn't expect was what yeah what you're talking about how like it had developed this whole philosophy and, and spirituality mm -hmm. around the the navi the the aliens the mm -hmm. planet of pandora and that i think really is what draws people back to this movie would you agree like yeah. it's the getting oh, absorbed I... by all of that yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. And have you seen yeah. the second one, The Way of Water? I uh, a couple of times, yep. Yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on the second one? I like the first one better. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see where they go with the third one. Mm. Um, the second one, I think part of it was the fact, you know, you talk about the first one taking 12 years. I can't remember how long it took him to release the second one, but it just kept put, getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed yeah. back and pushed back. So I think that was part of what probably stole some of its thunder was because oh, sure. it did take so long to get prolonged but at the yeah. same time just watching the storyline was really interesting where they took it mm -hmm. so i don't mm -hmm. know if that's kind of an intermediate intermittent like this is what we're going to do with us till we can get to the other side but i definitely yeah. feel like the first one was more more impactful for me it absolutely. hit harder yeah absolutely yeah. i think the story's better and you know it, it really captures the the arc known as the hero's journey mm -hmm um mm -hmm. which we've spoken about on this podcast before um and yeah it's just watching you know jake this marine who's in a wheelchair who's mm -hmm. only there because his twin brother died and he mm -hmm. can go into the avatar body he's like all right I'll, i've got my orders off i go and then he yeah. ends up learning about the spirituality becoming one of them and mm -hmm. yeah like the there's some so many standout scenes in this film so in in regards to that aspect you know the 
the connection to the AY and the spirituality. Do you have a favorite scene or image from the film that really captures that? Oh, man. That? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I definitely really <laughs> yeah. always remember like when when she first showed him the the tree of Ewa mm. and tapping into that and being yep. able to actually like hear what was going on there. So it wasn't so much we're just talking about it and obviously there's a light alluding from this, but also like being able to actually hear it yep. and feel it. And so yeah. I think that thing that part really stood out. And then another part that really stood out was when he <laughs> up like he knew like he knew what his role was and what his place was and refused yep. to sidestep that despite the fact that he had caused so much betrayal and mistrust and mm -hmm. you know Nateri was furious at him and oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> rejected him and everything else but still knew that this was something that he had to do and thought through like what what do I have to do to do this and yeah. being able to harness that creature and come down and actually show them in a way that they respected that this was how it was meant to play out and he yeah. was there to lead them and he was actually for them I think that's another piece that really sticks out for me too because yeah. it brought them all back together yeah. um and then the third the third thing that really speaks out to me is like when they got to the point where they were fighting with you know the military presence and yeah. being attacked and you know whispering these these prayers to Awa and it felt hopeless but then the magic just came through and the miracle came through like yeah. she heard us that's right and sent every every power that she could in order to support their efforts in order to yeah. to re regain that balance so that's the yeah. other thing that was just really beautiful to me yeah and all the animals just show up and at the, yep. at the 11th hour <laughs> yep. the tear is screaming awa has heard you and then <laughs> yep. and then the marines don't yep. stand a chance like they just rock up and it's just get their asses kicked yeah and it's, then it's just uh quaritch the the main colonel and mm -hmm. you know, Jake uh, in the woods, um, yeah, just just brilliant, just brilliant. So mm -hmm. many standout scenes, and it's it's definitely you know one of my favorite films as well. And um, I'm I'm with you. I preferred the first one over the second one as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think the second one was visually stunning, like especially the underwater scene mm -hmm. that was just like mind blowing. Um, and yeah, it did take a long time for the second one to come out. So I think you're right; it had a bit of its thunder mm -hmm. stolen. But uh, he's made. He was he's made parts two, three, four, and I think even five. They're all been mm -hmm. made together. And the next one's going to be released end of next year. Um mm -hmm. which uh, rumor has it it's going to um it's going to show the um this other side of Pandora, these other Navi who are actually um bad guys, basically. So there's gonna be like this mm, Navi civil interesting. war. Yeah. Um okay. and and I was reading this article about the films and my kind of conclusion is that each film in the series addresses, you know, um, the different elements or the different stages mm -hmm. of life. So the first mm -hmm. film was about, mm -hmm. was about fire because it's about, you know, the military scorching mm -hmm. the earth and, and trying to take it, everything. Um, the second one was about water. Um, and then you'll have, I think there's one that's going to focus on the, the birds and the flying and then um, mm -hmm. there's one that's going to focus on Pandora's underground um, and mm -hmm. the roots that go down into the core of the planet. And so we're going to really, in the future films, really explore other that's aspects cool. of the planet, which is exciting. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be yeah. cool to see where they take it. Um, and we don't have to yeah. wait another 13 years for the next one now. <laughs> right, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I'd still watch it, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We only have to wait to the end of 2024 and then I think another right. two years. And yeah, we should we should be good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
gosh, it's such a such a big film, you know. There's obviously so much yeah. we can take take out of it and all of that. But yeah, I, I really like you know your your thoughts on it around that spirituality and um, yeah, just I guess just to wrap up on on that note, um, what what lessons do you think we can take from Avatar and to our world and maybe the way we see the world? How does it help yeah, us? I- yeah. The biggest thing I see in that is just recognizing like all is one, like whether we realize the smallest action that we take or the smallest thought that we think or how we treat ourselves or treat other people or how we interact with our surroundings and with our environment, like it's all connected. And the more that we can honor that and and lead from a place of that, the better off we'll, we'll all be. Yeah. Beautiful. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to go watch Avatar now with a very different perspective. So thank you. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's of really, course. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Awesome. Well, um, we've got one more film to talk about and uh, for yeah. anybody watching, um, if, if, you know, you're hungry, um, we're going to make you even more hungry right now. Um, please don't walk away and make a snack. Just um, let it, let this film, uh, you know, just indulge your senses first. But anyway, Marinate. enough from me. Tell, tell us, Rebecca, what is this film everyone should see? Yeah, uh, the film that everybody should see and one that I often suggest to my clients is The Chef. Chef. You're going to laugh. Tony, Carl's got a taco truck. For real? <laughs> I was so jealous when I heard your voice. I was like, that's what I want to do. touch people's lives with what I do and I love it and I want to share this with you you ever try andouille sausage no it's spicy you like spicy no it's not so spicy come on fantastic yeah uh written and directed by John Favreau uh yeah who many people might not recognize the name but he directed the first two Iron Man films Mm-hmm. Uh, he played Happy in Marvel, you know, Tony Stark's bodyguard, uh, but mm-hmm. also had a bit of a career back in the 90s um, with movies like Swingers and um, Very Bad Things. And, yeah, he's a really talented guy, you know, writer, director, mm-hmm. actor. Um, and this film is a love affair of food. So um, tell us all about it. Like, what? tell us about this film. <laughs> yeah. Why do you love it? Like, what's it all about? Yeah. Um, I, I just... I'm trying to remember too, like where I was the first time I watched it and it was within the last few years. So it's a newer to me film, even though I think it's a little bit older, not a yeah, lot older, but a little bit. It came out 2014. Okay. Yeah. So it's been around for a while yeah. and I stumbled on it one night. I can almost guarantee you that the thing that drew it to drew me to it was the cast because so many of the cast are from the Marvel yes, <laughs> universe and I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Marvel fan, so I can almost guarantee that was what originally attracted me to the movie. Uh, But then when I started watching it, it was this, what I see with my clients was what I saw, what I see in my clients and what I see as possible for my clients was exactly what was portrayed in this movie. So this, I have this thing I'm really passionate about and I start out and I put my heart and soul into it and I love it and it's everything for me. But little by little, I start listening to like either the inner voice that chips away from me or to these exterior voices that are telling me how I should have to do things or how I should do things. And I start compromising people, pieces of myself. And as I do that, I lose my passion. I lose my energy. I don't shine. I start to not 
trust myself because I'm listening to everybody else. Mm. And even though I still have these nudges of what I should do for me, like for what's best for me and, and how I do this, I, I ignore that because I feel like I have to fit in somebody's box or, you right. know, check off a box for somebody else. Yeah, um, yeah. But then to see this, this rebirthing of re-becoming himself because of that whole process, like that's the most beautiful part of the movie for me. Yep. So it shows everything from the beginning to the end of that process yes. of, being your most authentic self yeah 100 100 you know his journey from being this high strung you know uh, stressed out chef who's obviously mm-hmm. really good at what he does but is battling with the restaurant owner versus mm-hmm. he wants to cook he's got a son that he barely knows um his ex-wife who's actually not too bitter with him they've still got a pretty good relationship she's mm-hmm. clearly moved on and um yeah every, you know this critic bashes his food, criticizes the restaurant, he loses it. Mm-hmm. And he's basically he's out on his own. And it's like, what do I do? You know, like, um, and like yeah. you said, yeah, it's it, it's it is about sort of starting from scratch and mm-hmm. sort of going back to our going back to your roots a little bit. Um so yeah, and, and in terms of like aside from all the beautiful food that gets cooked in like mm-hmm. watching this in my mouth is just <laughs> right. salivating. I'm like, oh I'm so hungry. Yep. It was late at night when I watched it and I was like can't go and make like this beautiful sandwich right now about are we going to bed in half an hour so i had to settle with crackers and cheese but still um i'll watch it you know and just be like i want to cook all the food in this film it's it's it's, yeah it really grabs you in that way and and how beautiful the food looks you can taste it by Mm -hmm. watching the movie you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah just a little bit more about his journey and i guess um what stages does he sort of go through and and you know what are maybe some of the moments that uh that force him to change like what do you think aside from the cooking and all that like what's what's happening for this guy and in his journey yeah it's like this reconciling his lost identity with having to figure out who he is now on his own as an individual as a father as a Mm -hmm. chef um so I think that's that's like where it all starts like once he pisses off the restaurant owner you know he doesn't do what he what he doesn't trust himself and do what he knows he should do and he doesn't honor the very thing that got him to the status that he had been before that which was very elite for his industry so he ignores all that pisses off the restaurant owner and then goes on to like basically be on his own so he's got to not only figure out who he is but also figure out how he's gonna do the next thing like do i how do I, he's got to get out of his own way basically because he's also dealing with this like shame of failing, right? Supposedly he failed, but then also knowing what he should have done for himself to begin with. Yeah. And then also trying to pair that with being a parent, which is so interesting. So it brings in the whole aspect of like quality time and interaction and interpersonal relationships. Um, But then also seeing that he very much has this, amazing relationship with his ex-wife and she is she's rooting for him and probably part of the reason she fell out of love with him was because he became somebody he wasn't Mm. like that passion and that energy got lost as he compromised his identity so i love seeing all that and then on the other side of it 
just people around him encouraging him and, mm. and giving he giving him these little breadcrumbs that help lead him back to himself, but him learning to enjoy again, yep. like plugging into the things that really brought him happiness and fulfillment and allow him to also not only feel inspired, but inspire the people around him, including his son, mm. because then mm. his son is seeing his dad becoming right yeah. like being re-energized and repassioned by all of these things and not only can you respect somebody in that position but then you see it for yourself too and just how that brings them together yeah 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 beautifully put yeah I think it's it's a great journey of and a reminder that like um, you know sometimes when we throw ourselves into work and focus on work that we we can neglect other things you know relationships and mm -hmm. our health and all of that and you, and you can see that he's just been living and breathing food for so long and he's his son wants to spend time with him so like he does mm -hmm. that when he knows how is through food and through cooking mm -hmm. um, and the son's kind of like oh okay I guess you know this is the only way I can hang out with my dad <laughs> right right and then the then the son sort of steps up and's like okay well at least I'm getting to spend time with you now so I'm going to help you and he does all the social media mm -hmm. stuff for him and helps the, the food truck really take off yeah um and yeah like I must say the the scenes with them on the road and John Leguizamo as well great great actor mm -hmm. he's um, so much fun in that best, film I mean he More is in general that. but in that film yes yeah he's fantastic he's so likable um and he just mm -hmm. always pops up in these random films you know he's great mm -hmm. um, but yeah the food truck scenes were fantastic and like you just feel like you're there with them in the truck as they're making all this food and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just such a, yeah, it's such a feel good movie, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's never like kind of preachy. It's never sappy or corny. Like, no, or it's chemistry yeah. is great. The it's acting's relatable. Great. Yeah. Very yeah. relatable. Yeah. We've all, as parents, yeah. you know, we can all understand what it's like when we, we get caught up in work and we try to be the best mm -hmm. we can be in our job. I'm like, well, I need to be spending more time with this person or that person. And, but it's like, mm -hmm. how can I maybe use what I'm good at, my skills, to mm -hmm. um, improve my, the relationships with people? You know, and he, and he manages to do that. Um, and it's yeah. and it's really about him and his son kind of reconnecting. And mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you do you have a particular scene or moment from the film that you like the best? I think there's so many in that film. It's hard yeah. to choose, but I think like one of the biggest ones was like, as his son was taking those second clips every single day yep. Yep. and his dad had had no idea. Like he could, he didn't even know how to, what did he call it? <laughs> he didn't call it a tweet, but like, he didn't even yeah. know how to tweet. Yeah, that's Screwed right. that all up. So technology was obviously not his thing, but I think, you know, yep. as his son was talking about that, he was making these little micro moments and piecing them all together, like seeing them all together was just so beautiful because it represented mm -hmm. everything that John Leguizamo, or not John, um, John Favreau was in that movie, but then also like all of the people around him that were a part of that too. So his son and John Leguizamo and the the food truck travel and like going to the market and just all those like those moments that we have in our everyday lives that we sometimes ignore. Mm -hmm. And it was literally just compiled together. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden he understood, like he just could, he could understand it at that point, like what it was all about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really beautiful moment where he, where he finally gets home back to his crappy little apartment, mm -hmm. watches the video, and he's like, "Oh, this is this is what life's all about," you know. Yeah. And then uh, he calls up his son, and he's like, "Yeah, all right, you can work with me." And the son's just mm -hmm. wrapped, and then yeah, it's really great. over the moon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I'd I'd seen that on online before where people make those little one second videos of their day, of, of the yeah. thirty days. 
I thought, hmm, maybe I could do that. But then I realized, well, most days I'm just sitting at my laptop. So it would just be like 30 little <laughs> you seconds. You a little more maybe, living, Brian. <laughs> typing, maybe my head was tilted that way. Oh, I moved the mouse in that video. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So I'm like, hang on, maybe I should get out there a little bit more. But um, mm, at, at the moment, you know, yeah. I'm just chained to my laptop, but that's how it is. But yeah, that was a really lovely scene, I thought. And um, yeah, you really see him become a father um, through, mm-hmm. through the son's scenes with his son, which is great. And then it has the lovely happy ending where they're all reunited. The, the food critic, you know, um, does it right. good for him. And, yeah. and then when it ended, I was just like, oh, that was great. What a, what a feel uh-huh. good film. I'm going to go make a sandwich now. Like, <laughs> right. but, um, that was my thought, but I couldn't because it was like midnight. I'm like, I better go to bed. Right. I'm pretty sure I dreamed yeah. about food last night watching after watching that mm-hmm. film. But... <laughs> yeah. Obviously. And another thing with that movie too that I love so much about it is just like him reclaiming him as I, excuse me, reclaiming his identity mm-hmm. because like we can get lost in who we think we should be or just the day-to-day mundaneness. And so him being able to reclaim that. But then one of the reasons I love sharing it with my clients is because it shows like the full journey, right? The full process, everything that probably all of us have been through can relate to, but then also how, when we show up as the most authentic versions of ourselves, Mm. sometimes that is the very thing that actually creates the opportunity because somehow we have it in our mind. It's supposed to look this way. But when you keep it right here, you miss out all the magic that's out here. And so that I love how it wraps that up in a bow too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can, I, I can imagine for you like with your, with your coaching and, and helping the women you help and seeing the results that mm-hmm. that's, that's really like fulfilling for you. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where you get a lot of your zest and, and energy from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When yeah. you see what you do helps other people and makes other mm-hmm. people happy, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and watching it kind of reminded me like, you know, recently I've done this podcast and it's been on my mind for years and years and to finally fully engage myself in it and talk about mm. movies, which mm-hmm. I've never done to this extent before. It's yeah, it's yeah. really lifted my mood and my energy levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the thing I love talking about the most. So it was a kind of a nice reminder in that film that to just go for the thing that you love doing, um, you mm-hmm. know, even if it's not a, a necessarily a, a massive career for you even if it doesn't right. make sense to everybody else just you know do what you love right stay true mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. for sure cool such a great message in that film and uh yeah um most people have seen avatar fast and furious 5 not many people mm-hmm. might have seen chef but if you haven't watched it they should absolutely and, uh, <laughs> and i don't will, use that word often but they should <laughs> you will get hungry i'm just just warning you guys yes yes <laughs> have some snacks while you're watching the film um mm-hmm. absolutely yeah cool so just in wrapping up um rebecca um i like to sort of throw this question out to to every guest is around um what would you like to see more of in the movies you know i think at the time of this podcast mm. movies are sort of at an interesting um turning point i think you know competing with tv and streaming yeah and getting people back into theaters after covid and stuff and lots of different films aren't quite working others you know uh it's, mm-hmm. it's a real transitional time so what would you like to see um the fu- in the future of movies um or what are you hoping to see more of anything along those lines i mean always normalizing emotions mm just like our day-to-day every day I don't it doesn't need to be fixed it doesn't need to be like let me feel my emotions and let's like 
discover the language around emotions so we can better communicate those things um, and understand like who we are and why we're experiencing what we are. Um, but just more empowerment too. Like you can be in the struggle and not have this fairy tale ending, but be the hero of your own story. So, but in a very like just day-to-day -day way, not this Herculean over the top, but like just circling back to ourselves and, and, and empowering ourselves. Like I would just love to see more of that. Absolutely. Yeah. More movies like Chef, right? Yeah. More little, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> more little movies like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take the Chef But not a part and... two. Like we got to keep yeah. it original. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No more sequels, more original <laughs> stuff. And yeah, I think, I think that's the power of movies is like, you know, we all, and what this podcast is all about is like, we can all connect to a movie. And I think mm -hmm. we haven't had a lot of movies made like that in recent years that um, are really mm. life affirming and um, help us identify who we are and stuff. And, you know, they've kind yeah. of gone off in a different direction, but yeah, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's a great suggestion. Like more of that sort of empowering, empowering sort of stuff would be great. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll stay tuned and hopefully we'll see more films like that in the future, right. which would be terrific. So just in wrapping up, uh, any other honorable mentions with, with movies, like other ones, maybe you thought about, talking about oh, something that you love um, i love joy oh yeah with jennifer lawrence mm -hmm. again like the the own you're the own hero of your story so yeah. and just as an entrepreneur and yeah. refusing to give up and everything that said that you shouldn't have accomplished what you did but still doing that and then paying it forward that's a big one and i would have to say another big one is um meet joe black Oh, yeah. is another favorite of mine that one I back in the day did not feel my feelings very well and that was actually one of my hacks for feeling my my feelings was to turn mm -hmm. that on and just let the tears <laughs> drop but also oh, yeah. like be so completely inspired yeah um and then Great the green miles another big one for me too oh beautiful beautiful yeah I loved Excellent. Michael Clark Duncan and that whole movie was just yeah. amazing for me Absolutely. So emotional. So emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen Joy yet, so I'll have to check that out. Mm -hmm. But Mean mm -hmm. Joe Black is one of my favorites as well. Um, I just love yeah. the music in that film. It's got one of the best oh, yeah. scores ever, I think. But um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So many movies to watch and not enough time. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> right. but, but thanks. Thanks, Rebecca. It's been great having you on My Movie Story. Thank you for yeah, sharing yeah. Your, uh, your films and your stories behind them. And um been great chatting to you thanks for, for your time today yeah thank you i loved being here and having all the conversations and talking about all the movies thanks brian awesome take care Bye. you too